0: I don't understand this. You have been here for three and a half hours. Now, how many different ways do you want me to tell the same story? Look at it from our perspective, please. Please. Now you freely admit to detonating the engines of and thereby destroying an M-class star freighter, a rather expensive piece of hardware. 42 million in adjusted dollars. That's minus payload, of course. The lifeboat's flight recorder corroborates some elements of your account in that for reasons unknown the Stromo sat down on LV-426, an unsurveyed planet at that time, that it resumed its course and was subsequently set for self-destruct by you for reasons unknown. Not for reasons unknown. I told you we sat down there on company orders to get this thing, which destroyed my crew and your expensive ship. The analysis team, which went over the lifeboat centimeter by centimeter, found no physical evidence of the creature you described. Good. That's because I blew it out of the goddamn airlock. Like I said. Are there any species like this hostile organism on LV-426? No. It's a rock. No indigenous life. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? Ma'am, I already said that it was not indigenous. It was a derelict spacecraft. It was an alien ship. It was not from there. Do you get it? We homed in on its beacon. And found something never recorded once in over 300 surveyed worlds. A creature that gestates inside a living human host. Yes. These are your words. And has concentrated acid for blood. That's right. Look. Look. I can see where this is going. But I'm telling you that those things exist. Thank you, Officer Ripley. That will be all. Please, you're not listening to me. Kane, the crew member. Kane, who went into that ship, said he saw thousands of eggs there. Thousands. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all of that goodbye.
1: Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike and we are starting a new trilogy and I'm so excited because the first film we have is The Masterful Aliens by James Cameron. Now I want to start with a little uh, background story on the special features. I don't know if you got to dig into some of the behind the scenes stuff for Aliens. I often wonder I was like, how do these amazing films get made and sometimes i think it's the rare case where a studio sets it up for success james cameron i think er, uh, was chosen but he was in the process of putting together terminator now arnold schwarzenegger unfortunately had a contractual obligation with uh conan the barbarian sequel and that was set to shoot for like nine months fox decided you know what Let's wait for that film to finish, and Cameron can go do uh, Terminator after that. And then we'll use Terminator as kind of a benchmark to see if he can do Aliens. And so they waited for him. They waited for him to finish his film to kind of see whether or not he's the right person for the job. Can you imagine something like that today? Like, this is why we got X-Men The Last Stand, because the studio was like, no, we're not waiting for Brian Singer.
2: I thought it was always because they knew uh Brian Singer was a, a jerk uh and a deviant uh but then you replace him with <laughs> Brett Ratner so <laughs> you don't you don't win either way in in that regard uh I am a fan of uh, Tower Heist if I can put that on the record not the last stand but you know Ratner's done some good work I think not a good person not saying that this is almost like another dimension we're talking about as far as sequels in this time period in Hollywood. The fact that you would need some sort of hook to even have a sequel, like, well, what are we going to, what are we going to do with it? I wasn't watching special features on aliens. We were supposed to record last night and I texted you and said, Hey, we're in the middle of the Godfather. It's my, it's my wife's first time watching this and you, you, then refuse to record all it. Like you can't interrupt someone's first experience with the Godfather. And I figured that it would come up in conversation because uh, you are on the record as being a hater. And you repeated this uh, hate uh, <laughs> for the Godfather too. And I'm pretty sure that there's what the – you can make a trilogy if you want to go with a different theme. Obviously, we're not because we do these in chronological order as far as release dates where the Godfather part two empire strikes back and aliens are like the considered the Holy Trinity of sequels where it's like you wouldn't hate on someone for preferring the second part of those series to the first you, though, <laughs> are
1: the odd duck No, you hate The Godfather 2. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I like to give The Godfather 2 a hard time. I don't know why. It It is a very good film. I'm not taking that away from it. I just think The Godfather 1 is vastly superior. I think that the De Niro portions, the uh, Vito Corleone uh, backstory in Godfather 2 is outstanding. And, and I wish that that was part of... Uh, The Godfather, and actually, I think it was at uh, Turner Classic Movies, they have a cut where The Godfather is shown in complete chronological order. So when I actually first watched The Godfather, it was on television, and it was with all of De Niro's stuff in the beginning, and then that led right into The Godfather. So I was like, this is glorious! And then later in life, I'm like, wait a minute, where's all the, uh, uh, the backstory for Vito? Do you know that you can
2: uh, actually log this on Letterboxd? I didn't know what this was, uh, except I'm trying to do better about keeping up with my movies on that uh, you know social media platform, I guess, for cinephiles. And I just type in The Godfather because uh, I was actually logging one of the documentaries on the, the discs, uh, which I was happy to see there. But there's something from 1977, which I'm guessing is what you're referencing. Which is Mario Puzo's *The Godfather*, the complete novel for television, which yes. is four hundred and thirty-four minutes, and I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. I'm like, wait, has Letterbox just put the versions with like commercials in as like a separate <laughs> viewing <laughs> experience? So you saying that uh, I actually thought it's just one and two airing back to back or something. But if that's the case, if they're doing their uh, I guess they're George Lucas version where you, you go through the, the episodes as they happen. Uh, that's kind of neat. So I'm guessing, <laughs> you know, you're saying, uh, hey, Godfather 2 is all right. It's okay. Yeah, super. With Aliens, do you find that it's uh, about half and half as far as the people you interact with about this series? That it's either going to be Alien or Aliens? I'm assuming, you know... You don't even entertain the people that bring in Fincher's abandoned work with Alien 3. And you're already on the record with Alien Resurrection as saying that uh, that director just makes like uh, beautiful, ugly things or something, <laughs> something of that nature. On <laughs> That's <film>. right. <laughs> 30
1: episodes ago, I revisited Alien, the quadrilogy that Blu ray came out. Uh, and I was so excited for it, and then finally got a chance to see the producer's cut of Alien Three, and then of course I had never seen Alien Resurrection because I mean, after the theatrical cut of Alien Three, I was kind of like, all right, well let's 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 all just pretend that didn't happen, and then I saw Alien Resurrection for the first time, and I was I physically sick in that movie. <laughs> Like physically like my body, I was like, I've got a stomach ache, and it was it was horrible and and it was worse because Fox pretty much let him do whatever he wanted, and I was like, You didn't let Fincher do whatever he wanted, okay, yeah, uh I mean,
2: yeah it was an extreme course correction there. I have to admit, I've not seen alien resurrection since I was a teenager, but I remember enjoying it in the in that way of like wow. They really went there. You've got Ripley <laughs> fucking an alien.
1: Like, what is what is happening here? Well, you know what? I want to say something about that uh, actor, because he, uh, the one who, uh, the, the ex-boyfriend, like, he he's always in his films. And he's in the Alien movie, right? He is, is yes. He on uh Ron Perlman's back That's at some point. That's right. You turn him into a backpack and throw a couple of Xenomorphs at him. He, uh, the, the the Wikipedia, <laughs> and I found this, just, just tickled me the right way. He is known for appearing in films directed by Jean-Pierre Jeunet, often playing eccentric or grotesque characters. <laughs> <laughs> and here he's both. <laughs> yeah. And now, the present.
2: Because uh, in my in my experience, it is pretty much a toss-up which film people will prefer, which is really... Uh... I mean, hats off to these particular sequels that a second part, the cash-in job, can even compete with the original in that way.
1: I think I'd say half the number of people I ask about Alien or Aliens, they give one or the other, which they like more. And the other half, I think the more (laughs) politically-minded ones are like, well, they're two different genres, so it's hard to compare the two. So they gave me that. I do agree with that, that they are two different genres, You've got a horror haunted house in space movie with Alien, and then Aliens is a sci-fi horror action film. And so they are different, but if pressed, I will say Aliens is the better film, the James Cameron. uh, It might, oh gosh, I don't even want to get into the talk of T2 because that's going to lead me down a rabbit hole. One of the things that James Cameron also said in the behind-the-scenes stuff is that he didn't want to remake Alien. He's like, hey, I respect that film way too much to try and do that again. And it's a stark uh, a difference with the kind of sleazy uh, reboots. Like, that's that's how studios have gotten to remake some of these movies and still call them sequels. Something like The Thing... That was supposed to take place right before the original thing, but the same shit happens, and it's 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 mind numbing, is what it is.
2: Are you saying the the thing the the creature itself ever looks around? And is like every day is the same. It's <laughs> Just <laughs> same. <laughs> what is the meaning of all this?
1: <laughs> Not for a second. Uh, James Cameron also mentioned that he didn't want to make a gory picture either. Gory. Uh, images evoke like disgust and he wanted to uh, do something that would invoke terror. And I think that's what he does. This film is so tense and it's not like a whole bunch of aliens. Like it's, it's not just the monster you spent. I I think it takes almost like an hour for you to see any alien to begin with. So I think he succeeds in a big way that you've got the strong female protagonist before people were, clamoring for for that uh you've got a fully well-rounded <laughs> supporting cast i mean this is that was kind of a coded comment from webb which is before we
2: had to listen to them complain endlessly <laughs> <No! online. laughs>
1: i'm just saying it didn't feel like a checklist so often you see movies now like oh we have to have this and this and this to please uh, fans from you know the the left side and right side so it, it it never felt like everything is so organic in Aliens.
2: Actually, on that note, you know, I, I'd seen this more than a few times. Unlike the the Predator series, because for uh, a previous uh, our versus month, uh, Alien versus Predator was kind of kicked around, and we went with Freddy versus Jason. Which I, I don't know if in the in that regard which one is considered Godfather <laughs> or Godfather Part Two. I don't know, but um, I was always an Aliens guy. I, I liked Predator, but I never watched any of the sequels. That, uh, I guess if it didn't have Arnold, I didn't care. And I wonder. I wonder if it would be the same thing with this series without Ripley, without Sigourney Weaver. Uh, but what I didn't remember, even though I, I've seen this so many times as like a teenager and probably early 20s, is uh, how organic uh, Ripley's arc is yeah. uh, up to this point. You know, it gets a little dicey when you get into the third one, the for- especially the fourth one. You know, going back to the slasher kind of monster movie thing of which person will be killed next, and this, you know, this this haunted spaceship in a way. In the first film, I don't think if you were coming to it fresh, if somehow you could avoid the iconic Ripley character, and and watch it with new eyes. Now, I don't think you would point your finger and say, "Oh, she'll be the one." Right. To make it out, you wouldn't know. It's a true like sort of ensemble in that regard. And what was interesting to me rewatching Aliens. Is that while she is clearly gone through a trauma and states pretty emphatically at the beginning of this film, uh, you don't want to go back there unless you're just gonna blow it to Kingdom Come. Like, there's nothing of interest there. Like, you know, we we dealt with one, and look what happened to our ship. So you want to go to a planet of them. She navigates what is, in particular in like a horror movie scenario, a a trope of someone who knows better. But finds themselves down on the mucky muck again uh, against her own self-interest i i thought that cameron and her made that sort of a delicate little dance they're doing where she states the dangers but you understand why she would assist in this regard um financially and she thinks that maybe with maybe with her knowledge she can assist these Marines and this military operation to safely uh, perform whatever rescue they, they need to with these hapless colonizers, the, the the colonizers that are on planet alien here. I, I think Sigourney Weaver does a lot of really great work and what is genre action movie fair. So that's probably why, you know, I started this little portion of the podcast saying, if you could somehow avoid Ripley the icon very difficult to do because in these type of films there's a reason i think her version of the action hero has
1: stood the test of time and why she is uh such a huge part of pop culture this character she is so good here and she got nominated for an academy award in acting and genre films just don't get that uh, you know prestige and so it's exciting that she let's just
2: say it fun and entertaining movies do not get those nominations see this no. year's academy awards <laughs> you, yeah and you would be one of the few <laughs> losing half their audience year after year uh worthless now you know I, I say that but i really dug promising young woman promising young woman was entertaining agree. still probably more of a message movie than aliens but <laughs> 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 it would be absurd if it wasn't
1: but the thing is like they is a legitimate thematic arc. There are legitimate ideas in Aliens. So that's why I get upset sometimes when I see people like, you know, I remember Matt Damon doing really good work in the Bourne series. Like, maybe you could throw him a nomination here or there. Or uh, Charlize Theron, I guess it would be the most comparable example, uh, comparison, uh, to uh, in Mad Max Fury Road. Like, she was excellent.
2: And replaced. Replaced with a younger woman. <laughs> as... <laughs> All older actresses are destined to be, even if you look like Charlie's throne. Right. Let's get a teenager. Let's get a 20 something to play this role. <laughs>
1: Another thing that stuck out to me was how rigorous and the the schedule that James Cameron demands from his crew uh, to the point where the original cinematographer that was hired was ultimately let go because he's like I no I can't work that schedule and and James Cameron's not gonna tell me how to light this thing like I'm gonna do it my way and James Cameron was like all right. <laughs> Piece. And so they hired someone else who uh, was willing to do it. And, I mean, look at the results. That and the budget of this film is $18 million. Eighteen. I actually did the little calculation uh, for inflation to see what it would be today. And today it would be $45 million. And that's still not that much for a big budget sequel to a major and, and beloved film. So... I I, Just very impressive filmmaking uh, throughout this entire thing, and so I'm so happy that Fox decided, let's wait and let's see what this guy does with Terminator and see how it turns out, and then maybe we'll give him a shot at at Aliens. I wish studios were a little more protective of their uh, bigger franchises. Before! Before it was even a franchise! It was like, maybe it'll become a franchise
2: almost 15 years out now so i don't know if web wants to crunch the numbers on it but you know the easy gag is always make fun of like nancy myers and her kitchen sets on film like how much it cost. and as you know web like the christmas movie for me is uh nancy myers the holiday yeah uh, budget 85 million dollars 85 compare it to this space epic where setting creatures on fire what year did that come out jude law came out in 2006 this is jude law and cameron diaz making goo goo eyes at each other like sitting in a cottage 85 million dollars 111 million that is a totally baller of nancy myers just like I, I get the image of gus van sant on the set of a. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, two hunting season, just counting his money. Nancy Myers, I was gonna busy, say, busy dude, busy. she pocket that money?
1: Like it's the only <laughs> way I can imagine. You know, Aliens is just damn near perfect. Like I have to really, look. Like, I have to really think about stuff that I don't like about this film. Like
2: I've got something for you. I think this movie was a huge contribution to me not wanting to have kids. <laughs> I really do. Oh no! I think little little Newt is annoying. And imperils uh, a lot of people just through her cuteness. Uh, now, she's totally the the sole survivor. She's got that down. <laughs> but Newt is not that great at making sure other people <laughs> are also safe. There's no halo effect from being around Newt. In fact, it's just incredibly dangerous to all involved. So, yeah, I I, I remember my first watch as a kid. Having that sinking feeling in my stomach when we discovered that this wasn't uh, like a crazy like human uh, alien hybrid. We'll get to that in Resurrection, you know, the better alien sequel. If we were to get to that on on trilogy and theory, but that it was a child. And I'm like, oh come on, man! Like I'm having a good time with this. Do we have to have a kid that's in danger? But it does lend itself to a pretty great last fight and an iconic line.
1: Oh, wonderful. I, I got goosebumps when she said it. I got goosebumps. And I and I was watching it at work on my phone, just like, oh my gosh. And it was still so wonderful. <laughs> just as
2: Cameron intended.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me throw a little bit of biology at you. I gotta use this damn biology degree for something. One of the things that the film also does is Shows the relationship between two kinds of organisms, R strategist and K strategist organisms, in how they reproduce and care for their young. While you had the effect of, oh, now I may not want children uh, because I do have a daughter, my watch through of this time was like, do whatever you can to save this kid. <laughs> and it kind of shows the difference between human beings, who are what are known as K strategists. Uh, they don't have a lot of offspring, and they must care for their offspring for a long time until the offspring is ready to be on their own. Whereas our strategists, something like uh, the ant colonies, uh, um, the spider, any any organism that has a ton that lays a ton of eggs, and it's accepted that not every single one will survive. They don't have to be uh, looked after for very long after birth and it, it's more just to ensure the survival of the species so you've got a really great parallel here in this film you're showing k strategist organisms human beings versus the xenomorphs which are clearly our strategists because the queen lays all these eggs and hoping for
2: it looks like she cares recovery. she gets pretty she gets downright pissed off and when- Ripley sets her kids aflame. Well,
1: all of them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, certainly. And you know what? (laughs) But but just one or two. She's like, eh. I got plenty more. (laughs) I got more where that's coming from. (laughs) Actually, that's another thing uh, I wanted to discuss is how often do you see sequels take a classic movie monster and expand upon (laughs) it?
2: make them pregnant, perpetually pregnant (laughs) and horrifying.
1: (laughs) This is kind of why the predator sequels don't really work because it's a lot of the same thing over and over again. I have a fondness for predators. The Robert Rodriguez produced Nimrod. I can't remember the director's name. I'm I'm really sorry. I love his name, Nimrod. (laughs) (laughs) That I do. I do like that film quite a bit. And you get to see different kinds of predators, but it's not that much of a departure. The concept of taking this xenomorph and turning it into like a colony with a big bad queen, awesome. Just, gosh, everything about it. So, yes, while it may dissuade people from having children themselves. (laughs) I guess. Other than that, it's a pretty good film. (laughs) Uh, I guess let's let's touch upon Alien 3 and 4 real quick. They both are garbage. I think 3 less so because you see shades of how good Fincher is, but that's where I am with it. Like I just don't want to watch that producer's cut or whatever it is. uh, The assembly cut. uh, Because the the CGI the you know it's like all the, it's just, it's clearly a hodgepodge of like well this is might be what it the script wasn't even done when Fincher started so yeah I he has decided that that film is not part of his filmography and for the most part yes I agree
2: you're not a fan of not only the I guess the underwater chase in Resurrection but ultimately that Ripley has to have sex. The reincarnated, uh, I guess, in a lab, Ripley has to have sex with the alien and then kill her own hybrid offspring. Not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. even 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 saying those words, I'm like,, eh, this is <laughs>
1: the nonsense. I'm glad we got to see Brad Dorf, uh, who I adore. other than that, I, yeah, that film I just no, thank you, just no thank you but but we'll always have alien and aliens to go back to. So,
2: well, here's a question for you. Like we started this conversation on it being on like you know, the, the Mount Rushmore of great sequels. Uh, do you feel like Alien 3 Resurrection or God Help Us like AVP have they tarnished the legacy of this film at all that it's it's just one in a series because it's you know, we we may, we've, I think on this very podcast we've made jokes about Godfather 3 that's a that's an easy gag as well like so much so that Letterbox has a longer version the supercut where it's just one and two like no need to we don't need to cut this for television <laughs> again with a third one leave that out do you think for newer fans that uh it has been bad for the legacy of what cameron did here with the, the proper sequel
1: I don't think so. Only because I mean, you look at franchises like the ones that we've discussed, like Freddy and Jason. Like people don't care about quality. Ultimately, I know the cinephiles, uh, the hardcore film fans, really they they do, and they they tend to create their own franchise in their head. Like oh well, no, those films don't exist. Like there's some Alien Three deniers who the ones like, no, this is a good film. There are they are out there.
2: I, I long for an internet where that's the most controversial thing of the day is Alien 3 deniers as opposed to you know, <laughs> Holocaust denial or <laughs> denial of uh, uh, democratic elections. Like, no, 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 that's not how it turned out. <laughs> right. That's, I know for sure. So, yes, Alien 3 you guys are fine. Keep keep fighting the battle for your
1: movie that you adore, <laughs> and no one else does. No, I think the franchise. Maybe you know. I, I guess the average Rotten score is not as high as it could be, but ultimately, it doesn't affect Cameron's uh, masterpiece any anyway. Uh, you hasn't it affected his ego
2: at all. No, I'll tell you that. Not at all. Has he been invited back to the Alien series, or is that considered a Ridley Scott's baby? Because he's. They court him for the Terminator franchise so often and be like, no, no, no. He he gave us a seal of approval on this one. And then (laughs) that one fails. And the next time around, Cameron's like, no, no, this one, the other one,
1: that, that, forget about that. That was trash. Uh, They just cut me a check. Because he started Terminator with one and two, if he had done Alien 1 as well, then maybe I think he would. But because he... He still feels like, okay, well, he came in and did one film and went out. And you know what? It's shocking because Ridley Scott was kind of an unknown with the first alien and gave us alien. Then James Cameron, kind of an unknown and gave us aliens. Fincher, very much an unknown. And they wouldn't let him have with, would do, like, why? Why all of a sudden is this, you know, Cameron, I guess, made a film that's so good. They're like, now it's a sacred cow. Now we're going to start meddling. Ah, eh, just a damn shame. No, the legacy is fine. And honestly, uh, uh, let's see what happens. I kind of mentioned to you last week how Ridley Scott, you know, kind of took it back and went a different direction with it. I hope the story is uh, will eventually be finished. Even if it doesn't, that's okay. Because ultimately, hey, we could always end things with aliens. doesn't need to go any further than that. Or, you know, we could... Uh really close
2: the circle by having uh, the studio uh, get James Cameron in and fire Ridley Scott off his new trilogy. (laughs) James (laughs) Cameron come in and finish it.